Welcome to the Pad the Stats podcast, your destination for everything fantasy football and where fantasy title hopes come true. And now your host, James Swanson. Well, welcome back, everybody. It's been a little bit since we have recorded a podcast. We didn't get to anything last week, so here we are again talking about our wide receivers, our 13 to 24 group. But before we get into that, Pat Cotter, uh, we have a lot to talk about that happened over the weekend, man. Uh, injuries, one big one that we're going to cry about here first on the podcast. Um, but how are you doing, man? Well, we went to uh, Steelers camp on Saturday, yeah. uh, which was a good experience. Um, a lot of fun there. So uh, well, first off, how are you doing? And, and second of second off, I'll, I'll kind of let you talk a little bit on some of the things you saw from camp on Saturday. Anybody that stood out to you fantasy relevant uh, from the Steelers? I'm doing well. Got a good, good amount of sun this weekend. Yeah, it was good to be outside and actually start warming up our tans for the Vegas trip. Yeah, for sure. Um, now, when I was out there, you know who? Yo, know, I was really impressed by a guy named Deontay Spencer, a guy you know that you you might have thought I was going to say Deontay Johnson, but there's a, uh, we got a guy named Deontay Spencer who I've been hearing some early reports on. You know, it's it's really early. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit early to get the hype train. I didn't get to see him in pads, but. He looks explosive out there, man, and I could easily see him making the roster. I don't want to make any bold predictions right now about him. He's, you know, his first year. He's been a CFL guy for a yep. while, but he yeah. looks good. He looks good. Who takes the number two job for the Steelers? Is it going to be James Washington, or will it be Dante Moncrief? After coming out of that, I'm not sure. I felt a lot better about Dante Moncrief going into it. He looked good. He looked good. But mm-hmm. he didn't blow me away as a guy I thought that he would, honestly. Yeah. I thought I saw some good things from James Washington. I saw some bad things from James Washington. And I could say the same about Dante Moncrief. Yep. So I think it's going to be spread out, at least by what I've seen. My estimation would be that Moncrief gets the first crack uh, kind of in those, you know. I think what will end up happening is is they'll have in two wide receiver sets, you're going to see Moncrief and Juju out there. And then in three, you're going to see Juju in the slot. Now, I I honestly think they're going to line up in three, four wide receiver sets a good amount of time, mm-hmm. a good yeah. amount of the time. Yeah. Um. So, I think it's still going to be a pretty big passing offense. So there's going to be a lot to go around. Yeah. Probably not the 660 attempts or whatever we saw yeah, last year. Like we're not ninety or something. We're, yeah, we're not anticipating that. Um. Was it that high? Six ninety. Yeah, it was like six. Okay. It was up there. Okay. Uh. Yeah. We're not anticipating that. We we'd expect that to come down a little bit. Um. I. You know what? Really quickly, we have a lot of other stuff to talk about, but I thought it was, we should add this in since we were there and we got to see a little bit of the practice, um, day two training camp, you know, take away what you want. But I thought that Dante Moncrief did some, some pretty good things. Uh, not so much like splash plays or anything like that, but I was just, I was happy to see that, um, you know, I know that they were running, they, they did a few sessions of 11 on 11, uh, one towards the middle of the field, um, I know Ben was looking his way a few times. Uh, first play, it was just a quick hitch, 10 to 8, yeah. you know, back to 8. And uh, just it, that is a first and 10 Steelers play. You yeah. see that a lot. And that was a play that they, they came to Moncrief right away on. So I was happy to see him get involved on the outside a little bit. I, I will tell you who else looked pretty good. Jalen Samuels, I thought, and James Conner, honestly. Jalen Samuels looks <clears throat> like, to me, personally, like I said this to John, our friend John was – was with us as well. The three of us went up, and 
I, I looked at him. I said, man, I think Jalen Samuels looks slimmed down. Like, yeah, he looks he in shape. He looks fast, dude. He, he looks, looks fast. He like, does. He, he moves. And James Conner had a sick juke against, you know, not one of the, the most athletic guys in our Vince team. Williams, Vince Williams, sure, but yeah. He looked good. He had great, like, lateral agility on that play, and I thought it looked pretty awesome for what I saw. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, I mean, I don't want to sound all rosy and happy, but as, seen as, as coming from the Steelers fan, I, I have to be. Yeah, but no, I, yeah. Juju looked good. Juju looked dominant. Like, I think he is going to – I think he's going to be everything that anybody wants out of him this year. I think he's going to be a really good wide receiver. Yeah, I would agree. And maybe it was just the really short, tight shorts that yeah. uh, I <laughs> made his legs look, like, yeah. more athletic and different than anybody mm-hmm. else, which is kind of weird to say. Yeah. Uh, but, like – you look at him, and he looks different from everybody. Like, the way he moves, he he's more he smooth. He's way more smooth than Moncrief or, you know, Deontay Johnson or any of our other guys. Uh, I keep saying R, sorry. Steelers. I'm not on the team. I don't work for them. Um, but, yeah, I, I he just looks like a guy who— And, like, I almost kind of came to expect it. Like, I just saw him out there sure. doing his thing. Yeah, I'm like, of course. Oh, yeah, who's that? Who's that, who's that guy out there? Like, who's that? He's at 19, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, some people are wondering, will this guy be able to handle the role that Antonio Brown left behind? You know, can he take on the double teams, the bracket coverages, the, the safety over the top trying to close it? Cause he, they're going to get that. I think he's going to be fine. I think he's going to be fine. I don't I, think you need to worry at all personally no, when I you're drafting. Great. Yeah. A hundred percent. I think that, you know, I am seriously, you know, looking at him I, in one of our drafts. Uh, Jake's going to listen to this and get a scoop on my yeah. strategy. But, I mean, I'm seriously looking at him in the back half of that first round. Um, you know, I'm comfortable taking him in that 12 to 14 range. You know, we're in a 14-team league, so it's a little bit different. Uh, yeah. I, I say first round, I'm, I'm at 13. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm excited about him. I actually think he has a ton of upside. And it wouldn't surprise me one bit if he finished inside the top five. It wouldn't, finish, it wouldn't surprise me if he finished his number one. Oh, really? I think you he think has he could, that, think think he he has has that upside. Yeah. Well, that offense too. We're, we're talking about an offense yeah. that's going to spread the ball out or throw the ball a lot, I should say. Um, okay, well, let's talk about the, uh, the the injuries here really quickly. So, um, of course, the two holdouts, Melvin Gordon and Ezekiel Elliott. Really quickly, Pat, Melvin Gordon, do we expect him to miss any games? I know it's hard to say right now. Uh, do you expect him to miss any games? And if so, I guess I shouldn't even really ask the question, actually, of how many games do you expect him? Because that's almost an impossible question at this point. But do you expect him to sit at all? Um, I kind of do. Like, unless yeah. unless he ends up getting traded, please, Houston, like, hear my prayers. I mean, the thing is, is Houston doesn't yeah. have a, a GM right now, so that does complicate things. Yeah, who's calling trade? the shots, Bill O'Brien? I don't, I'm not sure actually okay so oh, yeah. maybe bill o'brien will be like hey we need to upgrade over you this regular guy no oh, i don't even remember his name oh yeah, yeah it's lamar wait <laughs> is it lamar yeah the, yeah. the that mediocre back that we treated like a bell yeah, cow for whoever, the last four whoever years whoever it is that guy <laughs> yeah yeah rock for us right exactly uh okay well it, are you taking melvin gordon in the first round anymore no dude i just moved him down like i think i he's right between damian williams and nick chubb for me right now Okay, so if you are drafting 14th in a 14-team league, you are no chance taking him at the turn. I do. I don't think I can. Like, okay, no, I, I don't I, think I feel I comfortable taking Melvin Gordon until like he's my third guy. Like, I don't want to like start off the draft and it'll be automatically be handicapped by a guy like Melvin Gordon. Yeah. 
If Le'Veon Bell wouldn't have done what he did last year, would you think the same way? Probably not quite as much, but he's used uh, Le'Veon as a as a kind of a role model here. Like yeah. he said, he liked what Le'Veon did, so he he might be willing to just say, you know what, whatever. And I don't think the Chargers can pay him. Like, I, they, they have a lot of contracts coming up in the future of guys that are, frankly, more important to the team than Melvin Gordon. They have Phillip Rivers. They have Joey Bosa. They have Melvin Ingram. Like, these guys are, are crucial to what they want to do going forward. Yeah. I don't, like, running backs replaceable. As, as great as Melvin yeah. Gordon is. It's still the same It's with still the same, position. and there's a great class coming out for our dynasty guys. Of, cla- of running backs coming out, you know, they could easily just take – a Travis Etienne or, you know, it hurts him this right. year, no doubt. And you don't want to be wasting Phillip Rivers last years, but yeah. Okay. So maybe mid, mid late second at this point with Melvin Gordon, maybe early even creeping third. into that third, third, third round. Okay. The early third. Okay. Now Ezekiel Elliott, on the other hand, do we expect him to miss any games? His contract situation's a little different. I think he, what he still has, he to, has to report. He has he to play has to, to accrue a season. Yes. Well, he needs to report by a specific day. So we're like, right. it's like August 6th or something. So we're yeah. going to know coming up here in like next week, whether he is like, if he doesn't report by that day, like automatically for me, like I'm, he's off my board. Cause if he's not reported by that day and he doesn't mm-hmm. accrue a season, yeah. why, why even come in until, until they, yeah. Until they, you know, give you a contract. Yeah. If you're willing to not accrue that season, I mean, I'm not a legal expert, so maybe there's loopholes like what we have. We found out with Le'Veon Bell last year. Right. But right. if you're willing to take that chance to me, like he's willing to just say, you know what? I'm not coming back to you guys. Give me a contract. Right. Right. So, okay. Uh, if you are talking to somebody in the league, in your league, who has the number four pick, who desperately wants to move out of the number four pick. Mm-hmm. Because they don't trust Ezekiel Elliott right now. Are you comfortable doing that before that August 6th date of when Ezekiel oh, Elliott has man, to That is, has that to is a million-dollar question. <laughs> I mean, how much— that, honestly, Not that, you know, that would happen in you know, think, our league or anything. I <laughs> think if you're very comfortable taking David Johnson, then I'd do it. Yeah. Like, if you're like—I mean, I because there's huge, huge reward for right. doing that if, if Zeke is, is there— Right. Now I'll tell you if if we know that Zeke is is fine, then I'm taking him because he I have him as my number one running back. My number one running back. Okay. That's a good point. So it boils down to if you're going to make that move, you are very very closely uh I guess in your confidence level, you're close on mm-hmm. David Johnson enough that you or will do like, you will take him at 4. Or just feel fine with him. Like as right. long as you like yeah. are comfortable with taking David Johnson or maybe one of the wide receivers like then go ahead and make that move because yeah. you're moving up and you can get right. one of those stud guys. Right. And you potentially get one of the top four guys, which are kind of like that elite status tier right now. Right. I, yeah, no, 100%. Um, okay, let's talk about the big injury over the weekend, though. Uh, we'll talk about two receivers here. So one being Tyree Kill, because in our first rankings episode – we did not know that he was not going to be suspended yet. So we need yeah. to talk about him. Yep. But do. first, we should talk about A.J. Green. Now we know. I was so bummed out. I'm in the grocery store. I'm checking out. And I just happened to look down at my phone. And I see – and this was like 30 minutes after we saw that he had a sprained ankle and it was going to be yeah, maybe was a couple weeks, weeks. Three weeks or four weeks. And I look down at my phone as I'm checking out. And I see torn ligaments six to eight weeks. Yeah. And I am like just – like, there's a lady behind me. I'm like, 
I can't even think you because tear I'm, up. I look I, back. Yeah, I was out she's like me. concerned about me. It it got messy. Like yeah. it, I thought they were gonna call customer service for yeah. a second. It was a mess. So I I'm obviously bummed because we just did three or three what we call our kind of our big money leagues, uh, which is through. We've mentioned this on podcast before, real-time fantasy sports, the fantasy championship. Pat and I have done a combo league in there. We're each doing two individual leagues. Well, in my individual league, I drafted A.J. Green in the third round. I took Devontae Adams, then Michael Thomas, and then I came back in the third at 3.9, and I took uh, A.J. Green. So I'm a little bit bummed out, obviously. Now let's talk about the fantasy implications, Pat, for our listeners out there. First question that pops into my mind, when is A.J. Green going to be on the field? This is a guy who's now 30, 31 years old. He has had a history of, of, of foot ankle injuries now dating back even last year. Um, what is your expectation? Is he going to be on the field by week two, by week three? And then on top of that, just how much trust do you have in him? Well, right now I just, I just changed up my rank. You know, I statted him out for, uh, for missing three games. Now I am at uh, to me that was that was encompassing. All right, so here's his is- injury risk for this, and it includes a little bit of down the road. Mm-hmm. Like, and I try to make it a little bit more. I mean, I can, I feel like I even go to twelve just because it's AJ Green. I feel like he has this injury history, and it's not good that he's already starting out camp with a tweaked ankle. Ankles are, and now it's a low ankle sprain, but now you have the the torn ligaments involved. Ankles don't heal all that well. It just takes a while. I've had a sprained ankle playing football before, and it, I mean, it was a high ankle sprain, but they suck. They just don't go away. And for a guy like AJ Green, he's still a monster. If he comes back, he's going to be a factor. But it hurts him. It hurts him, no doubt. And I don't want this to be the guy I start out with, like, as one of my top guys. Like, like I, we were talking about it earlier. Where would you feel comfortable taking him? In your fantasy drafts. I, I think it lines up with the exact conversation we just had before we started recording this, and that's the middle of the fifth round. Yeah. I agree with you there. I think that's probably the spot. If I am somewhere around the turn of that 4-5, right? Yeah. If I have one of the first picks in the draft, maybe I consider taking him. Yeah. Just, just based, depends on who's there. Based on how my team looks. Yeah. You know, you need to have a, you need to feel if I feel really good about my team mm-hmm. and I feel safe about it. Like, right. you know, I come out and I have like, like if you've Michael gone, rec- Thomas, if you've gone receiver, yeah. receiver, running back, running back, yeah. like say like that. And you're at that turn at that four or mm-hmm. five turn, then take AJ Green as your yeah. wide receiver three. Like if that, I, have it, him, if I, feel, I don't know how I feel about him having as my wide receiver two, unless I can get a really, I mean, unless they get a really strong flex, but right. like if right. I have him as my flex, I feel great. Like I'm that's I'm fine with that risk, you know. So maybe eventually I'll talk myself into the wide receiver two territory. And it'll it'll depend how things play out here over the next couple of weeks. If they say, oh, he's out there running, like they see him, people see him out there running, cutting, improving, like and he's starting to come back a little bit, it seems like he's gonna come back a little earlier in that timeline, then yeah, but like he could easily miss a while. Like it could be six, seven weeks before he comes back, especially if he just – what if he happens to re-injure it while training? Like, that's a big risk that we got to face now, and you got to factor into where you're comfortable taking him. Does this hurt or help Tyler Boyd? I think, Or does it matter because we, we think it's only maybe a few weeks into the regular season? I think it matters a little bit. Tyler Boyd has been, has, hasn't played as well when A.J. Green has been off the field. I, he's just not that wide receiver. Could he become that wide receiver? It's still early in his career. He could improve this year. 
I don't think he makes leaps and bounds types of improvements, but he could easily get to that point where he's like, okay, I feel comfortable. I'm confident now. I just got a huge contract. You know, and he might the, the confidence might show up and he might improve to the point where he can be a competent wide receiver one. Yeah. So I moved him up three spots. You know, not much. I moved him up to what? Like, uh, it was like in the early, ah, never mind. That's okay. We'll get, up, we'll get to it. I moved him up, you know, three spots. I think, yeah. you know, comfortable has like a, right around the same area as AJ Green, actually. Kind of, okay. Who are you taking first? I think I'm, <laughs> it would depend on how I feel about my team. If, yeah. I, if it's like, uh, I got a lot of risky guys. If I got girly, if I got like, you know, guys, I feel like AJ, like say my, my team was AB and girly. I wouldn't want to be adding a guy like A.J. Green. I'd rather go for Boyd because I know he's going to be out there all the time. Right. Okay. Okay. Makes sense. Um, All right. A few other news and notes. Julian Edelman, broken left thumb. We do not expect him to miss any time. I'm not moving him. We haven't moved him in all in our rankings uh, based on this. Now, one one piece of news to keep an eye on. This is still developing, and we're not sure— how it will affect long term, but these are all trick. These are always tricky injuries. Damian Williams hamstring injury. Now, again, this could be a situation where he's fine by week yeah. one, but uh, certainly a situation to keep your eye on moving no forward. Yeah. And if you're drafting now, if you're drafting in the next week or two weeks, I mean, I am very much looking into yeah. Carlos Hyde later in the rounds. Yeah. To trying to get Carlos Hyde. Well, I mean, I think it's going to tell us. We'll know pretty quickly whether it's a bad hamstring strain or a, or sure. a pretty or a pretty severe one. If it's severe, usually that kind of stuff comes out with like you know he has a grade two, grade three like you know strain or tear. Like if he has a tear, like you know that stuff's right. going to come out. Now I know you but, were a guy who, but you liked Carlos Hyde all along. In, yeah, in trying I've to been get ba- him. I've been backing off of him though. Okay. I, I, the, the more things I hear about Damian Williams, the more I watch him, I see he's a competent player. Mm-hmm. I really disrespected him last year. He looked fine. Like I don't think he's. If you asked him to do something in a team that doesn't like the Dolphins, he's not going to do it. He's not that kind of guy. But you put him in a good offense, and he's going to have a lot of open holes to run through. He'll do okay, and he has a little bit of power. He can a little bit of wiggle, but I don't think he's. I think he's a guy. You know, who's a more talented running back, Lamar Miller or Damian Williams? I was just thinking that. <laughs> I think I'd take Damian Williams right now. Okay, all right. Yeah, Lamar Miller's what twenty nine now. I think Damian We've, Williams. A I think later, you're but... looking at that kind of guy though. I a know. guy like that. That yeah. like Lamar Miller. We used to think, hey, if he could just like get production, like a workload. Like when he's in Miami, he was really efficient. But then he just was. But he just didn't get a workload. Right. And then they, he got a lot of workload. And now he just sucks. Yeah. Now he's just. But yeah, he gets actually, a workload. He had a good so year last of, year. But... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know. He's fine. He's fine. Is, They're both The fine. guy that you don't want to draft. They're whatever. They're, they're both guys I don't want to draft, personally. I'd I take him at a certain point, but yeah. Certain I, point, I don't yeah. want it. I don't think I'm going to get him in a lot of teams. Okay, Golden Tate, um, infertility something or other. He's yeah, taking he like, pills. took fertility treatments. Treatments, yeah. And uh, he got suspended for whatever fertility treatment it was. It was probably on the banned substances list. Okay, um, four games. Four games. Now, he's... He's appealing it, so so keep your eye on it. Um, this could be one I feel like he may get reversed, you but could... you know, I mean, I don't know. Who knows? Just keep your eye on it. That one, he misses four games. That's four games. It's, he's not injured. He'll be fine. It's just, yep. you know, four games out. So and Sterling Sterling Shepard now has a thumb injury, which he is he is expected to be ready by the start of the season, but 
I dropped him down a game. I gave him fifth. I gave him fifteen games statted out just to kind of okay take that risk out of it. You know, Evan Ingram gets a bump in terms of targets. I think I, yeah. Saquon gets a tiny bump. Like maybe Eli will do a couple more dump offs mm-hmm. in that time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, but I think I think Evan Ingram is kind of the winner here. Maybe he takes a dip in his, you know, efficiency, but I think he gets more targets. Okay. Have you moved Evan Ingram at all? I moved him up a tier. I didn't move him up any above anybody. Okay. He's now he was in my Jared Cook. Jared um, Cook or Evan Ingram? Jeff, Jared Cook. I take Evan Ingram. Okay. He was in that Evan Ingram. Uh, OJ Howard. That, he's in that. No, he's now in the OJ Howard. Hunter oh, Henry okay. I, I see what you're saying. He was in the Jared Cook, Eric Ebron tier. I moved him up. Mm. I take him a little earlier, but I haven't moved him up above any of my. Okay. My uh, tight ends. Yeah, Golden Tate was a guy that I was starting to kind of look at in yeah. a lot of my mock drafts in like that seven eight. You're just surprised he's there, like, and you're like, oh yeah, I'll take yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Look, he's a guy that I'm taking over some of the rookies like Nikhil yeah. Harry and, no doubt. and and I mean, on, uh, it depends. This is one that depends on my team. It's got Corey Davis kind of range where I don't know if I'd rather have Golden Tater or Corey Davis. Yeah, it just depends your team. I think I think it depends on your team a little bit. I also find myself taking Corey Davis kind of. They're both just like why are they still hanging? Around yeah, here? exactly. Um, all right, uh, we mentioned Sterling Shepard. Devin Funches left practice, but he returned. From one of the reports I saw, he came back to practice. You were, right. So that's what should I said. be okay. I, I, I saw alerts. <laughs> that's what I yeah, said. I, I saw, well, I saw alerts go out that he left practice. Yeah. And then I never saw anything about him coming back, but I checked Twitter. I, some of the beat reporters said he came back. Just keep an eye out on that, but I, so I think he should be okay. Okay. I was pretty pumped because my boy, D, for my D boy, uh, Dion Kane, I have Stash and Dynasty. Oh, there's one to ha- to kind of think about a little bit, right? I mean, I know I was Super high on him sleeper. last year in Super terms deep of dynasty. Sleeper. Yeah, yeah. You're, he's a guy to watch in like week three, four of your waiver wire, but not so it was right Deion now. Kane and then Doris Fountain. I think was the other guy Doris that Fontaine, I yeah, Fontaine something, something like Fountain. That. I don't know. I I don't know how to yeah something like that. that one. But he was uh, another guy that I remember last year when we were talking dynasty. Yeah, those were the two guys heading into yeah. Colts camp that yeah. I really liked too. Um, and, I mean, just I've heard a, like. I feel like I get alert every three, four days about Deion Kane anymore. So, mm-hmm. I mean, just keep an eye on him. All right, let's talk rankings, everybody. And 13 to 24, Pat. So we yeah. did our 1 to 12 almost a week and a half ago now. Yeah. And we're talking about a, another Vikings receiver at 13. We talked about Adam Thielen, I believe, at 12. Uh, yep. And we're talking now Stefan Diggs. So, look, here's a guy who has not yet played. Oh no! It was it was it was AJ Green at twelve. Oh, we had AJ. Wait, wait, wait! I, I'm screwed up. Then where do we have Adam Thielen? He was up a little bit higher. He was up around ten or eleven. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, my my mistake. Um, for some reason, I had him him down at twelve. So we had him up a little bit higher than yeah. that. So Stefan Diggs at thirteen, um, yet to play a f- full sixteen game schedule in his career. Fifty five of a potential sixty four games. Last year, one hundred forty nine targets, one hundred two receptions. 1,021 yards, nine touchdowns. Um, look, he's a guy who is right around 10 targets a game. I don't see. I don't think we need to spend a whole lot of time on Diggs in this offense because I don't see a ton changing. No, I, mean, I think Thielen and Diggs are both going to be, again, hip and hip, you know, yeah. right neck who's and better, neck there. Who's better? Exactly. Yeah. And I have him at 152 targets, 105 receptions, 1,100 yards, eight touchdowns. Um, 263 points total. So 
I mean, I think it's another good year for Diggs. I don't, I don't see anything changing. I just hope that he can play a full schedule and we don't run into another situation where, I, I mean, look, we talked about it earlier. Anything below kind of that 14-game threshold, uh, we, we don't want to see that, right? We don't want to start messing with that fantasy playoff schedule. Nope. Um, so I'd love to see Diggs stay on the field. What What is your take on him this year and, and – you know, we, we talk a lot about Thielen and Diggs, but kind of give your take on those two again. I think they're both great. I mean, I actually have Diggs statted out for more points than Adam Thielen, but I don't feel as comfortable with him making that many games. So, I mean, while I think Stephon Diggs has higher upside, I think Adam Thielen is the safer guy to take. And I'll take, at this point in the draft, I'm going to take that safer guy. Um, but I like them both. I mean, I've always liked Diggs's, you know, his uh, ability better. But Thielen has been great. You know, I mean, you can't have any complaints about Thielen. Um, so, you know, right now I have, uh, I have Diggs ranked at 11. Um, you have him back at 13. So, you know, we're both pretty high on him. Yeah. I think right now he's, he's actually going like 15 in consensus. So, okay. Or ADP, 14. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's a guy that I've, again, I always find myself getting Diggs in a lot of mock drafts. Um, would love to you know, snag him again, kind of in that, he's yeah. a guy who we, uh, we're going to have a lot of shares of. Yeah, for sure. For why well, we, we already have him in our combo yeah. team. So, um, okay. Moving on to number 14 and the old man of the group here, mm-hmm. right? Julian yeah. Edelman. So uh, Pat, I'll let you talk a little bit on, on Edelman. Um, we'll kind of buzz through these rankings, you know, fairly quickly as we go here. Um, and just kind of, you know, throw in some some of our analysis as we go. But Edelman already with the broken thumb. Can he stay on the field this year? Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, you're going to have to basically stat him out for, you know, 12, 13 games. He's just a guy that can never really stay healthy, and he's already injured again. It's kind of like what we just said about A.J. Green. You know, I mean, he's got an injury that while he should be back from, I mean, if you're a receiver, do you want a thumb injury? Like, we do, and same thing goes for uh, Sterling Shepard, I guess. Like, you, you, your job is to use your hands to catch a football. And the thumb is very important to that. Uh, if, if you have a strained thumb, I imagine your, your grip strength is going to go down a little bit and you're going to let a few slop slide through your hands. Now, sure. Julian Edelman has always been a pretty good, you know, he's always been pretty secure with the football. And Tom Brady's going to put it right where it needs to be. So it brings him down a little bit for me. I worry about Edelman and he's never been, and he never stays healthy, like we said. Um, I I don't, like, he's a guy I've ranked, but I don't know if I'll ever really feel comfortable taking. I feel like I'll go running back at that juncture unless, like, he's just a screaming value. Yeah. Uh, Okay, well, let's talk about, and these guys are a little bit farther down our list in terms of our rankings. Now, I I do want to make this clear. We have our rankings, our our projections and such, um, but sometimes it gets to that point where you're like, okay, gut feeling, right? Yep. And when we talk about the Rams receivers, how do you feel about taking the Rams receivers over Edelman? Are you taking all of them over Edelman? Are you taking any of them over Edelman? Like, how do you feel about those three? I, I have That's tough, right? I have Edelman over top of them because I think he's got a higher upside. Yeah, I think they all cap each other's value, and we even saw when when um, you know when Cooper Cup went down last year. I've looked at it, and I, they didn't get all that much better. Like, it's not like that all of a sudden they got, you know, screaming value. Mm-hmm. I just think they kind of – they're going to be safe, and they're going to do what they do, and they're going to be good. 
I think Edelman has a lot higher risk associated with him. When he's on the field, he's going to be good, no doubt. But when when he's not there, and, and if he stays healthy all year, he could get a buttload of targets. Like there's nobody yeah. else in there. I haven't like I heard Maurice or like Maurice Harris was the best looking wide receiver so far in Patriots camp. <laughs> that doesn't say much about great about Nikhil Harry. <laughs> no, so, no, it doesn't. I, I mean, and he's a rookie route, a rookie wide receiver with route running issues. I don't think Tom Brady's gonna gonna jive with that. Like. I think they'll find ways to get him the ball, but I think Julian Edelman is going to be just funneled targets when he's healthy. I would agree with that. So since 2010, just 16 games in two seasons for Julian Edelman. Um, 2010, he played in 15. 2011, 13 games. 2012, 9 games. 2015, 9 games. Uh, Last year, 12 games. So, again. He's going to miss his fair share. Yeah, we're talking about a guy... Um, who who's missed a lot of games now? 2015, when he played in nine games, 61 catches, almost 700 yards, and seven touchdowns in nine games. Yeah, uh, he had a monster season going there for him um, back in 2015. 2016, played a full 16 game slate, 98 catches, over 1100 yards, just three touchdowns. Here's another thing with him, you know, the touchdowns. The Patriots find a way to manufacture touchdowns in so many ways with their plethora of running backs that they have now no more Gronk so I think things will change a little bit but we're talking about a guy who's had six three seven four six three those are his touchdowns over the last you know going back to 2012 yeah he's not so gonna catch many. he's not going to catch a ton of touchdowns um you know I I think that that certainly caps him a little bit when you're talking about PPR of course Julian Edelman's going to catch a ton of passes when he's healthy um, but yeah, I agree with you, Pat. Not a guy I'm super comfortable in drafting, but we do have him at number 14. I agree with the upside there. So 13 digs, 14 Edelman. We move on to number 15. And one of the guys, Pat, that we've talked about who's so up and down, who can you really trust him on a week-to-week basis? And that's Amari Cooper. I know you did some some statistical analysis on him from his time in, in Dallas when he got traded. Um, talk a little bit about that. I, I don't know if you have the numbers in front of you. Can you talk a little bit about? Up. Can you talk a little bit about? Uh, you know, just how up and down he was on a week to week basis in Dallas. I mean, it looked very similar to what he did in in uh in Oakland. I mean, he just he's he's not a consistent receiver. Now I think that he'll have a little. He's a, he'll definitely have a better grasp of the of the of the offense. And he's a good he's a good player. He really is. Like he's inconsistent, but when he's on, he's on. Like he's like Mike Evans. Like he whenever he wants to play, he's just phenomenal. But he just has his relapses. You know what? Like uh so he came he came to the uh he came to Dallas in week eight. Week nine he had five catches. Week ten he had six, eleven, three, twelve he went eight for one eighty. The next week, he had 8 for 76, so that's not a bad day. Week 14, he had 10 for 217. You know what he followed that up with? 4 four for 32, 4 for 20, 5 for 11, 7 for 106 in the playoffs, and then 6 for 9, or 6 for 65. So, oh. like, he's he, was, he wasn't even that good to end the season. You right. Know? He is, I think he's going to be pretty similar to what he was last year, but he's the last guy I feel comfortable with as a wide receiver one because he, that upside, that upside is, is tremendous. It is. 
I just – those three-week lulls that he'll give you are just so frustrating. If he's your wide receiver one, you need to follow it up with one of those Rams receivers. Like, get yourself some stability. Sure. Like, I would – I think I'd stay away from from I mean, from Woods. I mean, I think Woods would be the guy I'd, I'd <laughs> yeah. want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't, I gotcha. I don't, th- I don't think I want Cooks. You could just because he's a little more variable, but, yeah. I'd, I'd want somebody safe. Okay. All right. So – Cooper at 15 for us. I have him back at 17, I think. Uh, consensus, or you have him up at 16. Yeah, Mark um, Cooper, I have a, I'm at 14. Oh, okay. You have him at 17. Sorry, I had my numbers backwards here, but we had him at, at 15 consensus. So, um, yeah, I mean, again, I look, everything that you kind of said there, um, I, look, a guy that's going to be up and down a little bit, we saw it from his time in Oakland. I think it's going to be who he is, even going forward in Dallas. In an offense that, look, I think sometimes they don't get quite the credit that they deserve from time to time, but it's also not the most explosive and dynamic offense either when it comes to the passing game. So they're going to lean on Zeke a lot when he's in there. Amari Cooper's going to have these big, big weeks that we talk about. He's also going to have weeks where we're not expecting, uh, or I guess we don't get what we want uh, from time to time. Um, especially where you're drafting him, drafting him at. Um, but okay, let's move on to number 16, and that's Brandon Cooks, the first of our Rams receivers here at number 16, Pat. Look, I have him above the other two. Uh, I just, I love the, the upside a little bit more with Brandon Cooks, and I think the talent-wise, this is where talent comes into play for me, and I trust just the, the upside and the talent a little bit more with Brandon Cooks than I do Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. Yeah, I agree. I have him above uh, Robert Woods as well. I, you know, if we're going to take him, he's another guy I could see myself being okay with as my wide receiver one, but I just don't feel as good about it mm-hmm. as I do like somebody like Amari Cooper. But he's going to be good. He's proven that he can do it with multiple teams. This is going to be his first year in a while that he's been on, you know, the same team back consecutive yeah, seasons. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, he'll be a little more comfortable with that offense. Um, and I think he's a good player. Like, honestly, I think he's a really good player. So I think he'll be fine. I mean, he's again, another guy that, that is prone to his boom and bust weeks. But, you know, he's, I think he's going to be a little more consistent than somebody like Amari Cooper. Yeah, and when you talk about consistency in a model of, you know, consistent play and just staying on the field, Brandon Cook's four straight seasons of 16 yeah, games. Yeah, that's great. Uh, he hasn't missed a game since his rookie rookie season. He played in 10 games. I don't know. Did he open his rookie season with an injury at Saints camp or something? He or have, he, yeah. I feel like he was hurt somewhere along the line there, like early. I might be wrong on that, but I'll have to check. Um, but four straight seasons of 16 games for Brandon Cooks. The one thing that I would love to see change this year, five touchdowns in 2018 for Cooks. I would love to see him be a guy who catches seven or eight touchdowns yeah. because if you if you pair that with the 80 catches for 1,200 yards that he had last year, which I think is certainly attainable again in 2019, um, I, you're looking at a guy who you're, you know, if he goes 80 for 1,200 and eight touchdowns, like, man, that's a really, really good season for Brandon Cook. So yeah. um, last four seasons, 80, 65, 78, 84. So you know, outside of that 2017 season in New England where he had 65 grabs, um, he's been over 1,100 yards in every season. He's been outside of his rookie season, of course, uh, where he only played in 10. Um, you know, he's been 78 catches or, or more. So I think you know what you're going to get with Brandon Cooks. I think you're going to get a guy who's consistent. And, Pat, when we talk about a player who, unlike Amari Cooper, 
uh, I think you get a pretty good floor with yeah. w- with Brandon. A little Cooks. bit better of one at least. He's sure. in, he's going to get his targets. So there's enough guys out there that you know, even though they're going to be diluted a little bit, they. Jared Goff likes to spread it out. That offense likes to spread it out. So he's going to get his. Yep. It might only be a few, but he could easily get some. He's going to be the one that will break it off for a long one if he if he can. Yeah. I've, right, I've got him losing a few targets. I got him down to 74 targets for about 1,150 yards. 74? 74 receptions, my bad. 110 targets. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. But, you know, just that's mostly because Cooper Cup's coming back. You know, a few, a few. He's going down a few. It's not going to be a big deal. I think he's still going to be a very good receiver. Yeah. Yeah, he's really been between 114 and 129 targets each of the last four seasons. So I think you could probably, 110's right in that ballpark yeah. where you can count on him being somewhere. I, I think 110 to 120 is a fine range in terms of target share for Brandon Cook. So, uh, yeah, look, he's a guy that I'm I'm certainly targeting in that 3-4 turn. Uh, when I t- we talk about our 14-team draft, mm-hmm. a guy that I find myself taking a lot, even when I start with two running backs, uh, I don't mind taking Brandon Cooks as my number one, um, you, know, you know, and kind of stocking up at the position later in the draft. Okay, at number 16, I'm sorry, number 17, the guy who we couldn't be farther apart on, well, we could be farther apart on, but it's mostly because I'm just You're so over the moon bold guy, and yeah. I just love him so much, and that's DJ Moore. Um, Pat, I think you're probably more in line where with, a lot of other experts and and kind of consensus is I'm high compared to other experts. <laughs> okay, that, okay, that tells me everything I need to know. Uh, I have DJ Moore up at 14, and I'm going to tell you why. If you turn on the tape of DJ Moore last year, okay, this is a former first first round pick, the first receiver taken in the 2018 draft, and when you put on the tape, you see a guy who, when he has the ball in his hands, he runs like a receiver. You know, I. I think he's a guy who um, certainly acclimated himself well after the bye week in Carolina last year and really had a nice end of the season, you know, 23 receptions over the final four weeks. But when he catches the ball, he is, one, he's fast. He runs a 4-4-40. He's quick, and he is very strong. Uh, this guy is a bulldozer at 215 yeah, pounds. I mean, if you it, you want to talk about a guy who is going to routinely break tackles over the middle, I don't care if it's a linebacker, a safety. Um, I don't know. It, there was a game I was watching. I don't know if it was – something tells me it was like DJ Swearinger or it was, it was a safety. I, I can't remember who they were playing. Um, no, you know who it was? It was Landon Collins. They were playing the Giants. And – DJ Moore caught a pass, head up, heads up field, and him and him and Landon Collins collide, and Landon Collins goes back about three yards. Yep. And DJ Moore keeps going, and that told me everything I need to know about DJ Moore is is the kind of player that that he is with the football in his hands. And not to mention, this is a guy who I think you can count on at least probably 150 to 200 rushing yards on top of what he's going to do in the passing game. So you're talking about another 15 to 20 fantasy points on top of what he does catching the football. Now, look, this is not going to be a volume receiver. We're not looking at 100 catches, 110 catches. The Panthers throw the ball 500 times a year. You're going to count on 480, 500 passes out of the Panthers. So they're going to be in the bottom third of the league. But with that run after the catch ability, with the speed that he shows to get vertical, 
and catch, you know, track the ball well, catch the ball down the field. I think you're looking at a guy who certainly could match that 14.3 yards per reception that he had last season. I have him down a little bit lower than that, right around 14 yards per reception. Um, look, I think that's at 79 catches is what I have him at. Even if he doesn't get quite that high, I think he can get around 1,100 yards. I have the touchdowns right now at six, but I'm hoping that that maybe you can squeak a couple more out. Now, look, again, the Panthers aren't going to throw the ball a ton. Christian McCaffrey's targets are not going to go away. Curtis Samuel, Pat, I agree, is going to be a factor this year. Devin Funchess leaves behind 6.3 targets per game, so that's a little bit more that you can add on to, uh, to kind of everybody's plate, but DJ Moore as well. I think he, even though the Panthers are not kind of naming a de facto number one receiver, I think DJ Moore is going to be that guy. That's why I have him up at number 14. And man, I am pumped about this dude. Yeah, I think I think he's a good player. I really do. I do not disagree with you in, in, our, in your assessment that he is a very good player. But I think Curtis Samuel is a very good player as well. I think that they're going to be a lot closer in, in targets than you think they are. And I think that, and, and honestly, I worry about Cam. I worry about Cam's shoulder and his ability to get those guys the ball. He's, is he going to? Yeah. But is he going to stay healthy? I don't know. Is he going to be, is, is you know, who's his backup? You know, is, uh, is Will Greer coming in to throw the, to sling the rock? He hasn't been shown. He's been okay in games, but I, we both. Well, he, he's only game. played in college. Yeah. He's only played in college. Yeah. And he's not known as the most. Well, I don't want to count on Cam not playing games yet. I mean, you, don't you kind of have to? He's a guy who, who's been prone to missing games and, and he's had multiple shoulder injuries, you know? To me, do we know anything more about that shoulder? Was it no, fine? Was it repaired? Still, Is it you okay? Still, you can't just assume that it's going to be perfect. I don't you think you can saying? assume that he's not going to play all sixteen games. I think that you have to kind of assume, you have to assume a little bit like that. You know, he's not a guy that's been completely durable throughout his career. He's uh, never missed more than two games in his career that's in a fine. season. I mean, to me, like since two thousand eleven, Cam Newton's missed missed five games. Okay. So he's missed some games. Five, yeah, since 2011. Whatever. Anyway, <laughs> he but he's he, but he hasn't been durable during that time. He's been he's been injured a lot. He's had shoulder problems throughout his career. And is he accurate? No, he's not accurate to begin with. So you've got you've got shoulder injury on top of inaccuracy on top of an offense that's not going to throw that ball on top of an offense that's going to give a 110 passes to Christian, Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey. Yeah. I don't. I just don't think that DJ Moore has the upside that you do. I still think he's a very good player. Don't I don't have that. him at a ton of targets. I'm at 120. Okay. You know, again, I am catching fewer than 80 balls, but I just think that the type of playmaker he is. If he catches 70 passes or 75 passes, mm-hmm. like you're going to see a guy who makes the most of that. Yeah. I really believe that. I've got him for 74 catches for a thousand yards and six and a half touchdowns. Okay. So you're not too far, I guess, behind where I no. am with it. Um, I just have a good feeling about the guy. I, you know, I'm excited about him. Um, so we'll see if he can kind of live up to it. Okay, let's look at the next guy on the list. We're talking about another Rams receiver. So actually, the next two. So let's just yeah, bunch. Let's, just, let's bunch. just bunch these together. Robert Woods, Cooper Cup. We have them at 18 and 19. Pat. Um, I don't know. Again, if we have to spend a whole lot of time here, who are you more comfortable? this is like the age-old question of like Thielen or Diggs or Mm -hmm. uh, which Rams receiver are you taking? Like, I know you're a Cooper Cup guy. You know my love for Cooper Cup. Sure. So you're taking Cooper Cup over Robert Woods. Not right now. 
<laughs> okay, my draft today, I'm taking Robert Woods. But oh, because wow, okay. of the fact that we don't know where Cooper Cup's at with his recovery. He's been in camp. I haven't seen him play yet. I'd like to see him out there or at least moving around and running. And I'd like to see filmic evidence like we did with Emmanuel Sanders of he, him moving, cutting, running around, doing football things before I'm going to feel a little mm-hmm. more comfortable to move him up above Robert Woods because I do like his ability more than Robert Woods. And I could even see him myself. I don't, I don't see myself moving above Cooks this year, but in, in, if everything was equal, they're all healthy, I would have him above uh, Cooks as well. Okay. Just because of his touchdown upside. So you're getting that kind of upside taking Cooper Cup, but do you feel comfortable with the potential that he might start out slow? Sure. That is certainly a, a cause for concern. We saw him, and I wouldn't look too much into this video personally. Uh, you showed me the video the other day of him walking into the team facility yeah. with the with the sleeve on his on his knee. Looked like he had a little bit of a limp. Yeah. Uh, we'll see what he yeah. looks like on the practice field and what the reports are coming out of Ram, Rams camp. I have it for me. It goes Cooks, Cup, and then Woods. I'm also a Cooper Cup fan a little bit more so than Robert Woods. So that's why. It, again, I think this is kind of a preference call yeah. for the most part. Now. Again, if, if something comes up with, with Cooper Cup's knee and he's not quite where we would like to see him come the start of the season, uh, you know, if you're drafting maybe right before, right after Labor Day, right before the season, I think you'll know more then. Then you could maybe look at, at, yeah. at you know, getting a better idea of where you want these guys. Yeah. But right now, I'm going Cooks and then Cup and then Woods. All right, let's talk. Well, number 20 actually is A.J. Green. So, mm-hmm. we, so we just talked, talked, talked about, about him. him. Yeah. Um, we have moved him down at 21, Tyler Lockett. This is your boy, Pat. So do you want to talk about yeah. Lockett a little bit? Yep. So I've got Tyler Lockett up at 18. Um, I have him between kind of splitting the wide rec- the two re- the uh, three Rams wide receivers. Um, I love him. You know, honestly, I think he's gonna he's been a, a very good route runner throughout his career. And he has been he was very efficient with Russell Wilson down the field last year. I watched a, a video from uh, a very good scout, Brett Coleman, on YouTube, who showed that what they were running a lot of option routes out of the slot last year mm-hmm. with Tyler Lockett down the field. And that was one of his biggest, biggest, uh, his best kind of routes. You know, he, uh, you'd see Russell Wilson out there kind of looking for him, and then he'd find him. He'd be wide open streaking down the sideline. Russell Wilson's a very good deep ball thrower, and I still think they could use Tyler Lockett down the field in certain uh, in certain situations. Yep. But you have him now primarily playing out of the slot. That's going to be his new spot, the Doug Baldwin spot, the Golden Tate spot. These guys have, have succeeded in this offense throughout the past couple of years, and, and we've already seen that Tyler Lockett is a very good route runner. Um Oh, what's his name? The uh, Matt or no, the the uh, reception perception guy, uh, Matt Harmon. Oh, okay. He loves him. He you you look at any of his data on on Tyler Lockett. He has he's a, he's an amazing route runner. I think he's going to do very well in offense in an offense that will not throw the ball that much. But at least I, in the league, last most year. likely going to be down there. Probably Baltimore is going to be a, bit, a little bit lower. But I bottom five. I, I don't see. Yeah, exactly. Maybe a little bit higher. But I don't see them running the ball all that. Or I see them running the ball a ton, not throwing it. Yep. But I still think Tyler Lockett can really succeed in this offense. Okay. Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me is Doug Baldwin's absence, and 
that's tells I think that tells you a lot of what you need to know. Um, we haven't heard, at least I haven't heard great things yet from, from DK Metcalf in, in terms of the OTAs and some of the summer and you don't stuff. Wanna, and you really don't want to believe anything that comes out of that. Camp. That's true, but I... Unless it's bad. If it's bad, you... Oh, my God. You, well, they're not even huge. talking about him being in three receiver sets. Yeah, yeah, true. Is my point. Uh, you know, David Moore's another guy there. But, yeah, Pat, I mean, the oper- if you want to talk about a player who... And, and if you're one of those people who looks at opportunity... Mm-hmm just the most out of kind of anything Tyler Lockett's your guy oh yeah and you can uh, and you I mean, can is you can actually track this along with us we actually made a bet earlier this week <laughs> who's gonna who's gonna have more fantasy points in a in a in kind of our league settings yes yeah. is it gonna be DJ Moore is it gonna be Tyler Lockett I took Lockett you took DJ Moore so you know now we'll, wait we'll wait 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 we talked about this as fantasy points per game though correct yes fantasy points per game in case of injury okay all right, just want to just want to clear that up. I don't want you ripping me off or anything. No, it's fantasy point. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Yeah. No. Look, Tyler Lockett is a guy who I'm a little bit lower on, just because. I'll I'll be honest with you. I don't think he's that good. Uh, I think he's okay. That's the only reason. I, I'm going more a little bit on the talent aspect mm-hmm. of some of the things I've seen from Tyler Lockett. Inconsistent. But when you're talking about opportunity again. No more Doug Baldwin. There's a ton, ton, ton of targets to go around, and he's going to be in a position on the field where you're right. Russell Wilson is going to look his way quite a bit out of that slot slot role. So, yeah, I, I do like the Tyler Lockett analysis, and I have come around on him a little bit more, but not a guy that I, I see myself drafting in a ton of places, yeah, kind of where funny. I'm at in my current It's funny. Ball. Whenever we started off this process way back in – the, in the spring, in the yeah. in the end of winter, I didn't give any Tyler Lockett any respect, and I did my research, and then I looked at him and I watched his game film, and man, I think he's I think he's a special talent, mm-hmm. I, and honestly, I'm trying to go out and get him in my dynasty in my dynasty leagues. You know, he's a guy I want to acquire. He's one of the guys. I, he's a guy that I will be reaching on at this point, and I think he'll be one of my guys. Chances you give him to finish above Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Brandon Cooks. Um, above those guys. Above I those have, guys, where do you? Do, I think what do you he'll think finish. The chances are that he finishes. I think above he'll those finish guys. among them. Okay, that's why I've got him. I've actually got him in statted out pretty pretty crazy <laughs> in the top um, fifteen. I think in, right in the top fifteen. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm not uh, comfortable taking him up there. Maybe eventually, depending on how I how my fe- feelings show up, shape up right now. You know, I've got him. I've got him above Cooper Cup. I've got him above uh, Robert Woods. Um, you know, I'm, but then a Brandon Cooks I've got above him. So. Okay. All right. I'm just for the sake of time here. We're at a little bit over 50 minutes on the podcast. Uh, I'm gonna group the next three guys together and talk about them. I think they're all, you know, unique players in their own right. Calvin Ridley we have at number 22. Kenny Galladay we have at 23, and then Chris Godwin at 24. Pat. So, out of these three guys, who do you think? I guess has the most upside out of, out of these three receivers. Out of which three receivers? Out of our 22, 23, 24. Uh, Calvin Ridley, Calvin Kenny, Ridley Kenny Galladay. Yeah, and this Chris is Scott. an interesting group. Um, I think Kenny Galladay's got the highest upside. Really? Yeah. I mean, he's the only, he's the number one receiver in that offense. If they can, if he, if Matt Stafford come out and not be absolute trash again, <laughs> then I think Kenny Galladay's honestly the most talented of all these receivers as well. I think he offers you the most upside. Now, 
can Calvin, if, if Julio gets injured, Calvin Ridley would have a ton of upside. I agree with, I agree there. So maybe you could argue Calvin Ridley. I don't see Chris Godwin doing it. He, I don't like Jameis as, as quite the quarterback and he's shown an aversion to Chris Godwin. As yeah. weird as that is, as yep. talented as I think Chris Godwin is, you know that we both like Chris Godwin as a talent. Yeah. But Jameis just doesn't seem to want to throw to him. It's, it, He'd rather throw to Cameron Brady. He'd rather throw to uh, Mike Evans. So yeah, I could easily see Chris Godwin just being under-targeted this year and, you know, just not living up to what he should be. So um, I I would say Kenny Galladay, but I do have Calvin Ridley um, ranked above him. Okay. So among those three receivers, Pat, Godwin, Ridley, and Galladay, talk about the, the the ceiling of the three well which one of those three do you think has maybe the best floor i think that that would be calvin ridley calvin ridley has to me has the safest floor i like matt ryan i think he's a very good quarterback he's got julio alongside of him i think he's a good receiver and i think he'll get his um you know in that falcons offense i think he'll end up taking overtaking muhammad sanu as the main number two there um i don't see him even into julio's share much but i see him you know basically benefiting from a little bit larger share that he got from Muhammad Sanu, plus an offense I still feel like is going to throw the ball a good amount. Yeah. Maybe not as much as last year, but, you know, it's still a good amount. Okay. It's tight for me, I think, between the, the floors between. I think all these three these three receivers are similar. If you said which one is not like the others, I think it is Kenny Galladay a little bit because that upside, you know, Chris Godwin playing with Mike Evans – Calvin really playing with Julio Jones. Kenny Galladay is is kind of his own boss yeah. in, the, hey, in that. Don't you disparage Marvin Jones like that? Oh yeah, Marvin Jones. Don't even get me fired up about that dirt ball. No, I'm just kidding. Marvin Jones is a fine complimentary. Yeah, uh, I agree. Wide receiver three. Um, but I, you know, I was I had Kenny Galladay last year. I was I went through that roller coaster of oh my god, he's just he's emerging as an amazing talent. He looks so good. And then they trade Golden Tate, and you're like, yes. Yeah. Now Kenny Galladay is the man. And, and it, then he just it hurt him sucked. so much. He sucked. Yeah. He was I, bad. And now Matt Stafford was very bad too. I don't want to make it seem like this is all on Kenny Galladay. Matt Stafford played very bad. I think that team at a certain point last year it was like, okay, yeah, let's get done. ready for yeah. 2019. Excuse me. Um, yeah, looking into Kenny Galladay here really quick, Pat, you talk about that that poor end to the season. Um, I mean, we were talking about a guy who, you know, early on, 114 yards, 89 yards, 74 yards, 98 yards in the first five weeks. Um, you know, four of his first five games, over 74 more yards receiving. And then week seven, 37 yards. Week eight, 12 Week 9, 46, then 78, 113, 90, but 50 in week 13, just two catches, uh, you know, five yards in week uh, 14, the first week of playoffs. Um, yeah, killed me. It, it, yeah, that was a killer for anybody with, you know, who was a Galladay owner. Now, he did have a few good weeks, um, you know, down the stretch, 8 for 113 in week 11 against Carolina, 7 for 146 at Buffalo in week 15. Yep, on my bench. Yep, on you. <laughs> I love it. I love this instant uh, kind of reflection yep. on wh- who, yep. where and Kenny Galladay when you was. Need him. You're, yeah. like, you're like, well, I guess he can't. He, last week he was terrible. Yeah. Um, still survived, and then, yeah, yeah, I can't put him on there. You, yeah. just, you lost confidence in him. You, like, you have that many runs of, of being a crappy receiver in a row. You can't be starting a guy like that in mm-hmm. your fantasy playoffs. So. 
Yeah, I mean, overall, still a pretty good year for Kenny Galladay. 119 targets, 70 receptions, over 1,000 yards. Uh, look, I think Godwin, I've talked about this a lot, is a guy who I think can get to that 80-80 catch mark, you know, just based on the usage. Now, I know Bruce Arians has been maybe a little over-the-top optimistic in how they're going to use him and, and just how much he's going to be on the field. But yeah, I think this is a high-volume passing game with a running game that still probably is pretty poor, uh, talking about the Buccaneers. So Chris Godwin is a player who I've, again, been targeting. I like the player, I like the talent, and I like the opportunity and the situation that he's in in Tampa Bay. So look, yeah, Godwin, uh, among these two guys, I would take him over Galladay and Ridley at this point. I think it's really tight, but Ridley, Ridley's probably my number two at that point, and then Galladay for me. So uh, Godwin is a little bit of cut above the other two, but Ridley, I would agree, in terms of the floor, I think you're for certain going to see 70 receptions out of Calvin Ridley. Last year, 59 receptions for Chris Godwin. I don't think that there's a scenario where Chris Godwin is under 60 catches again, but if you told me that like, if you said, hey, oh, wow, Calvin Ridley's under 60 receptions. Oh, Chris Godwin's under 60 receptions. Like, I would be much more shocked at Calvin Ridley. Yeah. Like, being agreed. that guy. Yeah. Um, just based on that Atlanta offense and what we know about Matt Ryan, we still, I think the jury's still out on Jameis Winston as to just who he is. Um, and what kind of quarterback is he going to be, you know, with Chris Godwin? We still don't know that either. So, um, yeah, but I, I do like the upside out of Chris Godwin, so that's how I would put it. So let's run through this again. Stefan Diggs at number 13, Julian Edelman at 14, Amari Cooper at 15, 16 was Brandon Cooks, 17 DJ Moore, 18 Robert Woods, 19 Cooper Cup, 20 we slotted AJ Green all the way down there at 20, Tyler Lockett at 21, Calvin Ridley at 22, Kenny Galladay at 23, and Chris Godwin at 24. So that it completes our top 24 receiver rankings. That has completed our our rankings podcasts, at least, uh, you know, how it sits right now. You know, things are obviously going to shuffle. We are planning on doing a another mock draft, a 14-team mock draft uh, coming up here this week. So look out for that podcast. But until then, everybody, thanks for listening to Pad the Stats. Again, you can find us on... Uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, you name it, you can find us. Thanks again, and we'll catch you later. Bye-bye.